Chapter 8 of Ben the Luggage Boy or Among the Wharves. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Ben the Luggage Boy or Among the Wharves by Horatio Alger, Jr. Chapter 8 ben commences his business career ben soon took his stand in the street with a roll of papers under his arm supplied by the generosity of his new acquaintance it was rather a trying ordeal for a country boy new to the city and its ways but ben was not bashful he was not a timid boy but was fully able to push his way so glancing at the telegraphic headings he began to call out the news in a business-like way he had already taken notice of how the other newsboys acted, and therefore was at no loss how to proceed. He met with very fair success, selling out the twelve papers which had been bought for him in a comparatively short time. It might have been that the fact that he was neater and better dressed operated in his favor. At any rate, though a new hand, he succeeded better than those who were older in the business but his neat dress operated to his disadvantage in another quarter. His business rivals, who were with scarcely an exception, dressed with no great pretensions to style or neatness, looked upon the interloper with a jealous eye. They regarded him as stuck up in virtue of his superior dress, and were indignant to find their sales affected by his competition. "'Who's he? Ever seen him before?' asked Tim Banks of a newsboy at his side no he's a new chap what business has he got to come here and steal away our trade i'd like to know continued tim eyeing ben with no friendly glance at that moment a gentleman passing tim bought an evening post of ben it was the third paper that ben had sold since tim had effected a sale this naturally increased his indignation he's putting on airs just because he's got good clothes said the other newsboy, who shared Tim's feelings on the subject. "'Let's shove him out,' suggested Tim. "'All right.' Tim, who was a boy of twelve, with a shock head, which looked as if it had never been combed, and a suit of clothes which bore the marks of severe usage, advanced to Ben, closely followed by his confederate, who had agreed to back him. Ben had just sold his last paper when the two approached him. He did not understand their object until Tim, swaggering up to him, said offensively, "'You'd better clear out. You ain't wanted here.' Ben turned and faced his ragged opponent with intrepidity. "'Why ain't I wanted here?' he inquired, without manifesting the least symptom of alarm. Tim rather anticipated that Ben would show the white feather." and was a little surprised at his calmness. "'Cause you're ain't, that's why,' he answered. "'If you don't like my company, you can go somewhere else,' said Ben. "'This is my place,' said Tim. "'You ain't got no right to push in.' "'If it's your place, how much did you pay for it?' asked Ben. "'I thought that the sidewalk was free to all.' "'You ain't got no right to interfere with my business.' "'I didn't know that I had interfered with it.' "'Well, you have. I ain't sold more than half as many papers since you've been here.' "'You've got the same chance as I have,' said Ben. 
I didn't tell them not to buy of you. Well, you ain't wanted here, and you'd better make tracks, said Tim, who considered this the best argument of all. Suppose I don't, said Ben. Then I'll give you a lickin'. Ben surveyed the boy who uttered this threat in the same manner that a general would examine an opposing force, with a view to ascertain his strength and ability to cope with him. It was clear that Tim was taller than himself and doubtless older. As to being stronger, Ben did not feel so positive. He was himself well and compactly made and strong of his age. He did not relish the idea of being imposed upon and prepared to resist any encroachment upon his rights. He did not believe that Tim had any right to order him off. He felt that the sidewalk was just as free to him as to any other boy, and he made up his mind to assert and maintain his right. "'If you want to give me a licking, just try it,' he said. "'I've got just as much right to stand here and sell papers as you have, and I'm going to do it.' "'You needn't be so stuck up just because you've got good clothes on.' "'If they are good, I can't help it,' said Ben. "'They're all I have, and they won't be good long.' "'Maybe I could get good clothes if I'd steal them,' said Tim. "'Do you mean to say I stole these?' retorted Ben angrily. He had no sooner said it, however, than he thought of the pies which he should have stolen if he had not been detected, and his face flushed. Luckily, Tim did not know why his words produced an effect upon Ben, or he would have followed up his attack. "'Yes, I do,' said Tim. "'Then you judge me by yourself.' said Ben. That's all I've got to say. Say that again, said Tim menacingly. So I will, if you want to hear it. You judge me by yourself. I'll give you a lickin'. You've said that before. Tim was not particularly brave. Still, Ben was a smaller boy, and besides, he had a friend at hand to back him. So he concluded that it would be safe to venture, Doubling up a dirty fist, he struck out, intending to hit Ben in the face. But our young adventurer was on his guard and fended off the blow with his arms. "'Will you go now?' demanded Tim, pausing after his attack. "'Why should I?' "'If you don't, I'll give you another lick. "'I can stand it, if it isn't any worse than that.' Tim was spurred by this to renew the assault. He tried to throw his arms around Ben and lift him from the ground, which would enable him to throw him with greater ease. But Ben was wary and experienced in this mode of warfare, having often had scuffles and fun with his schoolfellows. He evaded Tim's grasp, therefore, and dealt him a blow in the breast, which made Tim stagger back. He began to realize that Ben, though a smaller boy, was a formidable opponent, and regretted that he had undertaken a contest with him he was constrained to appeal to his companion for assistance. Just lend a hand, Jack, and we'll give it to him. So, you have to ask help, said Ben scornfully, though you're bigger than I am. I could lick you well enough alone, said Tim, but you've been interfering with Jack's business as well as mine. Jack responded to his friend's appeal, and the two advanced to the assault of Ben. Of course, all this took place much more quickly than it has taken to describe it. The contest commenced, 
and our young adventurer would have got the worst of it if help had not arrived though a match for either of the boys singly he could not be expected to cope with both at a time especially as he was smaller than either tim found himself seized forcibly by the arm just as he was about to level a blow at ben looking up he met the glance of another newsboy a boy of fourteen who was known among his comrades as rough and ready this boy was stout and strong and was generally liked by those of his class for his generous qualities as well as respected for his physical strength which he was always ready to exert in defense of a weaker boy what's all this tim he demanded ain't you ashamed the two of you to pitch into a smaller boy he ain't got no business here said tim doggedly why not he's taken away all our trade hasn't he just as much right to sell papers as you he can go somewhere else so can you he's a new boy this is the first day he sold papers then you ought to be able to keep up with him what's your name young'un this question was of course addressed to ben ben answered our young hero he did not think it necessary to mention his other name especially as having run away from home he had a vague idea that it might lead to his discovery well ben go ahead and sell your papers i'll see that you have fair play thank you said ben i'm not afraid of either of them both of them might be too much for you i don't want to interfere with their business they've got just as good a chance to sell as i have of course they have is this your first day yes how many papers have you sold six posts and six expresses that's pretty good for a beginning are you going to get some more yes i was just going into the office when that boy pointing to tim tried to drive me off he won't do it again come in with me i'm going to buy some papers too what's your name asked ben i like you you're not mean like those fellows my name is rufus but the boys call me rough and ready where do you live at the newsboy's lodging house no i live in leonard street i've got a mother and a little sister i live with them have you got a father no that is not a real father i've got a stepfather but he's worse than none for he is loafing round most of the time and spends all the money he can get on drink if it wasn't for me he'd treat mother worse than he does how long have you been in new york only a day or two said ben where are you living anywhere i can i haven't got any place where did you sleep last night in a hay barge at one of the piers along with a bootblack named jerry that was the first night i ever slept out how did you like it i think i prefer a bed said ben you can get one at the lodge for six cents i didn't have six cents last night they'll trust you there and you can pay next time where is the lodging house it's on the corner of this street in fulton said rough and ready i'll show it to you if you want me to i'd like to have you i'd rather pay six cents than sleep out again by this time they reached the office of the express and entering purchased a supply of papers 
he was about to invest his whole capital but by the advice of his companion bought only eight copies as by the time these were disposed of a later edition would be out which of course would be more saleable end of chapter eight recording by james k white chula vista